What a blessing. Thank you to each one in the ensemble there. Really, they uh, preached a message in song. Aren't you thankful for the truth of that song? On the cross, He paid the debt and made me free. Grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, Before we uh, jump into the message, uh, let me just remind each one um, of the great blessing and uh, opportunity that we have uh, to vote on Tuesday. If you have not voted, uh, exercise that right and that great blessing that we have. Um, uh, I tell you what, we don't realize the blessing it is. Uh, go. Let's go to other countries that don't have that blessing, uh, that don't have that opportunity, the freedom to do that. So uh, make sure you uh, uh, go vote and encourage someone else to go vote, and um, uh, we'll leave it in the Lord's hands. Tonight is uh, the night we will be observing the Lord's Supper, and so I wanted to preach a message on the Lord's Supper. Uh, and the importance of it, and looking here at this great passage uh, that Paul wrote to uh, the Corinthians here, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, so um, let's read, start reading verse 17, and um, we will be doing the Lord's Supper at the end of the message. And uh, this is a serious time, and I want us to see that uh, in the passage here and the importance of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. Now that sounds harsh, but look up at verse 2, and Paul says something different. It says, uh, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I deliver them unto you. So Paul was encouraging them, and was uh, letting them know that he was appreciative of that, and and uh, that you remember me in all things, and keeping the ordinances, verse 1, be followers of me. But then he gets to the heart of the matter uh, with the believers here. I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Verse 18, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also He took the cup when He had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause... Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. For if And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come." I want to preach the message tonight, very simply, this do in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you now that you'll be with us in the message. Lord, thank you for this passage. Thank you, Lord, for this ordinance. One of the two ordinances that we observe as a local church, the other being baptism. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you help us see the importance of it in your eyes. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Lord, please help me to be clear and understandable tonight and to say only what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord's Supper. I said it, there's two ordinances that a local church um, is to abide by or to, uh, uh, to take part in. Lord's Supper and baptism, both are very important. But So this, this, this study tonight, if we want to call it that, is to help us in understanding the importance of the Lord's Supper. Uh, the first thing I want to look at uh, tonight, look at verse 17, is Paul's rebuke to the believers. Chapter 11, verse 17, the Bible says, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Paul's rebuking the believers here. He's saying, listen, this is not good. The way you've been doing the Lord's Supper is not the way the Lord Jesus Christ intended it to be. They had allowed selfishness to come in, and uh, this was not right. In in verse 2, we saw that he had had, uh, declared, he praised, praised them for some things, but in verse 17, he changes and he gets a little bit more specific. Gets a little bit more specific in this understanding of what they had done. I praise you not. You see there the word declare in verse 17 means command. Now in this that I command unto you, I praise you not. This is really a forceful statement. He's stressing the importance of the Lord's Supper and the, the absolute necessity to partake, to celebrate the Lord's Supper as it is supposed to be done. It just simply goes back, he's saying, to obedience. So whenever we incorporate self into uh, our life, into our practice, even in something Lord's Supper, uh, it's obviously not the way it was intended to be. He states, you are come together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, not for yourself, not for your benefit, not for your personal gain, but in remembering the Lord's death on the cross. 
This do in remembrance of me. So he rebuked the believers. The same thing, look at verse 18, starting verse 18. Look at Paul's review, Paul's review of the believers. He wants to review some things. He wants to tell them some things that has happened. Okay, so look at verse 18. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Okay, I'm reviewing some matters with you, and I'm understanding that there's, in the church, there's some division going on. Uh, there's some, some uh, people are divided, divided in maybe cliques, divided in thinking, dividing in, in personality. There's divisions, and it's causing a problem. It's driving a wedge. By the way, Divisions in churches today drive a wedge that sometimes cannot be repaired. And it's why it's so important that we deal with matters God's way amongst believers. We go to someone, that one, if there's an issue, if there's a struggle, if someone has wronged you, you go to that one, you don't go to everyone else. Okay? It's, in other words, let's never get to the point at Central Baptist Church where it could be said that there's divisions among you. Okay? Let's never get, let's take care of it one on one. Let's deal with the matter and deal with it before it becomes a greater issue. Okay? Let's do it God's way. God's way is the best way. Is it going to be difficult? Sure. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yeah. But when we do it God's way, it's the best way. And He'll help us through it every step of the way. So he's reviewing some matters here. Okay, look at verse 19. For there must, also, uh, there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before, his own, uh, taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, the other is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God and shame them they have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Okay? He is reviewing some things and he's trying to get them to understand, if I can call it, maybe some of the abuses that were being made in the church. And I say abuses meaning they were abusing the privileges that they had in understanding and partaking of the Lord's Supper. And so he's saying here, not only is there some divisions in the church, but when you've been coming together, you're eating a full-blown meal. You've been eating a full-blown meal. People are bringing in food, and then that's causing divisions because some isn't bringing uh, as much as others. And, and listen, it says, have you not a home to eat in? It says here, for in eating, everyone taketh the other his own supper. One is hungry and the other is drunken. And what does it do? It separates everyone out. So there's some divisions in the church. Let me, let me look at some of these, these uh, issues that he had been reviewing. The first one is the divisions. These factions, these different... There was a disorder in the church among the, 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 the spirit of the people. How many of you have ever gone to a church, maybe on a vacation or, or something, where you walked in and you could sense that there was something not going on? Has anyone ever done that? Okay, yeah, so, so it's almost tangible. I mean, you could almost see the divisions. And that's what he's saying here. He said, listen, there were some problems going on in the church, and you did not do right by dealing with those issues. And that, so how are you supposed to take part of the Lord's Supper, which is solely focused on Christ and having your 
heart right before Him. This do in remembrance of me. The focus of the Lord's Supper should be on Christ and making sure I have dealt with the sin in my life. If there's anything that is keeping me from a pure walk and a pure conscience of the Lord, I must deal with that so that I can focus in on what Christ did for me. But they couldn't do that because of these divisions. And he said there in verse uh, 18, and I partly believe it. I don't think that that's meaning he partly believed. I think that was meaning he believed different parts of all of what he was hearing. There was so many things being said by so many groups of people that he didn't know what to believe. So I believe parts of it because there's so much division going on. Look at verse 19. Let me try to help you uh, in defining some words. There must be, for there must be also heresies or factions among you that they which are approved or tested or genuine may be made manifest or revealed or shown or demonstrated. The point is a great encouragement here in understanding what they're saying here. There's a warning. And any person that finds themselves in a situation that is of a division or divisiveness is in terrible danger if they don't get it right. Just get it right. You know, in the sense, it goes back to this morning where ask that one and God to forgive you. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So there was reviewing here these divisions. But there was also, look at verse 20, there was also some self-deception. Self-deception that was going on in verse 20. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Very simply, the Corinthians were only deceiving themselves in coming together and partaking of uh, of the cup and the bread, if we can say it that way. They may have thought they were celebrating the Lord's Supper, but in truth, they were being deceived. They were deceiving themselves. And what they were doing is, what they were not doing is they were not remembering or honoring what the Lord Jesus Christ had done. They were focused on the supper, the meal, the here and now, the self, instead of focusing in on what the Lord's Supper is all about. May we always be mindful of why we do what we do. It's not that we do the Lord's Supper, that we partake of the Lord's Supper, because it's something magical. It's not something that is, you know, we do it for a purpose. And that purpose is to make sure that my life is right before God in remembering and honoring and thanking Him for what He has done for me. In sending His Son to die on the cross, as we talked about this morning. So there was some deceiving going on. Galatians 6, 3, For if any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. James 1, 22, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your, deceiving your own selves. So many times... We think we are doing right, and in truth, we're just hearers. 
How many of us have ever come to a church service, gone ever uh, uh, have ever gone to hear someone preach and listen to a message, and it'd be very good and, and very convicting, and then go home and do nothing about it in our own life? Be doers of the word and not hearers only, because if we're only hearers, hearing doesn't change us. It's got to drop from our ears and our mind down to our heart, and let God. Allow God to change our life. It takes effort. And Paul here is saying is, this is not right. You all have not done right by this. You not come together for the better, but for the worse. Verse 21, we also see another aspect of these I'll call them these abuses, this, this uh, wrongdoing. And it was the selfishness, the, really the neglect of others. Verse 21, for in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. When the early church came together in this, everyone brought food, that the, all the food that they could. They would provide for everyone. But instead, many had, instead of sharing with others, instead of making this a group, Instead of having a fellowship, they started making this and going back to the divisions. This was all personal. This is all mine, mine, mine. And that was something that he pointed out, that Paul pointed out there. So Paul reviewed the matter for the believers. Look, number three. Number three, starting at verse 23, is Paul's reception for the believers. And I say reception in that Paul, what did Paul receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to help him with this church? So he had to receive something. Look at verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. So I have received something and I want to tell you about it. That the Lord Jesus that same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, and we read that just a moment ago. Paul received some things to help these believers. So what he received, he's now sharing. And let's break this down, uh, starting at verse 24. Take, eat, this is my body. What does that mean? What is this talking about? What is this saying here? <clears throat> Some may believe whenever, we, uh, whenever they take, partake of the Lord's Supper that the bread actually becomes the physical body of Jesus Christ. It actually becomes uh, that the substance of the Lord's body. But notice there in the verse 23, how can that be? Because it says that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. You see, let me, say, let me say it this way. I could hold a picture up of my wife. If I had taken a picture, I could hold a picture up of my wife and say, this is my wife. And what is that picture? It's a representation of my wife. It's not actually my wife. It's a picture. It's a piece of paper. And so it is when we partake of the bread and the juice. This is representative of what Jesus Christ did for us. And may we never forget, this is a a remembrance. The Lord's Supper is about Him. 
This do in remembrance of me. Take, eat, this is my body. Okay, let's go on. Which is broken for you. This refers to the death, the suffering of Christ. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Hebrews 2.9 But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. 1 Peter 2.24 Who His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed, which is broken for you. Remember what Jesus did on the cross for you. Remember that moment when He died on the cross for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's look at that phrase. This means much more than just recalling, though, the death of Christ. It means to actively stir up one's mind. It means to, to meditate, to chew on what He did for us. Not just a passing thought, but stir up one's mind in thinking, this, I did not deserve this. But He loved me enough that He died for me. It's that remembrance, not just a passing memory. Uh, we can all talk about passing memories, but you know, there's those special memories that no doubt each one of us have of something that's gone in our life that we want to really describe it and go into detail and we can almost go back to that time and remember that one time that this happened. Do you remember the moment that you trusted Christ as your Savior. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember the moment that you realized that you were convicted? You, you realized, I, was, I, I don't deserve heaven, but because of God's grace in sending His Son to die for me, I need to accept Him as my Savior. This do in remembrance of me. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Let's look at that for just a moment. Verse 25. This is the idea, now bear with me here. This is the idea that the old covenant of the Old Testament is being set aside and God is establishing a new covenant with His people. The basis of this new covenant is the blood of Jesus Christ, not of bulls and goats being sacrificed. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death... I think I wrote this down wrong. Let me flip back over so make sure I finish this out correctly. 
Hebrews 9, looking at verse 15. I want to make sure I always get this right. And for this cause He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Thank the Lord we don't have to sacrifice a lamb, a goat, a bull. We don't have to sacrifice. It was done once by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then again, in verse 25, in remembrance of me. It was a repeated... How could I say this? Paul stressed the importance of again, again and the purpose of the Lord's Supper and, and what the purpose was, and this do in remembrance of me. And that was to focus the attention on the Lord. You see, those believers were focusing in their attention on themselves, on the meal, on what was going on. This is not become something this had become something it was not intended to be. The last thing I want to look at, verse 27 to 30. Verse 27 to 30 is Paul's warning to the believers. Paul's warning to the believers. In just a few minutes, we're going to take part in the Lord's Supper. Again, this the Lord's Supper is to be taken part, it is to be observed only by those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. It's important time. This is an important time. And so whenever we take part of this, we have to do it God's way. And Paul gives a stern warning. If you take part of the Lord's Supper and you don't do it exactly how he says. Look at verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord. What's that next word? Unworthily. Unworthily. shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So what does it mean to take part of the Lord's Supper unworthily? Well, it means in this situation or in this account here that's been given, what Paul's talking about is all of those things that the Corinthians have been doing against God. The sinful things that they have been doing against Him. They were partaking of the Lord's Supper unworthily, not understanding the importance of the moment, of this ordinance of the Lord's Supper. They were guilty of partaking of the Lord's Supper with a spirit of division, in verse 18. A, a, a spirit of cliques and of different parties or different factions, in verse 19. A spirit of deception. They're guilty of, a, of, of selfishness, of indulgences, we see verse 21. Drunkenness. Neglecting of the poor. Those, whenever they didn't have as much to eat, they were neglecting of those. And very frankly, instead of looking at this and trying to say, well, I'm not guilty of that, or I'm not guilty of that, you know what it is? 
It seems to indicate that if there's any sin in your heart, you need to get it right before God. Before we take part of something that that is meant to bring, bring remembrance of what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross and the shedding of His blood for me, if there's some sin in our life that we have not surrendered to Him, that we have not asked Him to forgive, if we have not repented of, and if we're not willing to get it right, then we do not take part of the Lord's Supper. That's why He says here in verse 28, but let a man examine himself. And in just a little bit, before we actually partake uh, and pass out the bread and the juice, we're going to give a time period of examination so that every believer can go to the Lord in prayer. Search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, reveal whatever it is that is a barrier between me and you, something that maybe I don't know about that you need to bring to my attention or something that I do know about that I need to bring to your attention and ask you to forgive me. We have no righteousness of our own, so we must go to Him and ask Him to forgive us of our sins. So this was the warning here that Paul's giving to these believers. This is what needs to be done. I'm reviewing, I'm telling you of all of these things that you've done, and it was not correct. I, 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 it was not for the better, but for the worse. And so now, I want to give you, I declare unto you what has been told unto me. And Paul says, this is a warning. But then he teaches. He has a moment of teaching. I said the last thing, I forgot I had one more point. In verse 31 to 34, we see Paul's teaching to the believers. Paul's teaching to the believers. This is the right way. But when we are, uh, I'm sorry, verse 31. For if we judge, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. We see the first part of here that that Paul is teaching is the right approach in judging ourselves or that self-examination. Examining ourselves to make sure that we're not living in sin and we don't have something that is unconfessed in our hearts. We see that in verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But then he also teaches them about accepting the chastening of the Lord in verse 32. We are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Confess, repent, turn from that sin that's in your heart, that's in your life, knowing that God is chastening you out of love. Remember as a child, whenever you did something wrong and your parent, your parents disciplined you, they disciplined you because they loved you. If they didn't love you, they would not chasten or discipline you. And so God's the same way. In that, 
He chastens the ones He loves. He's he's trying to chasten you to keep you from being condemned with the world. Then the number three, we see here, uh, verse 33, I'm sorry, verse 33, serving one another and stop acting selfishly. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. He is under, in this understanding of don't. this is not a selfish, this is not to be self-motivated. This is something that is supposed to be uh, uh, shared and demonstrating the love of God. And then in verse 34, Do not bring condemnation on yourself. Straighten out your life and sin no more. Straighten out the things that you need to straighten out. Take care of the sin that the Lord is bringing to your heart and to your mind right now and then go and sin no more. Leave it with Him. Lord, please help me. And then do whatever it takes to make sure you don't fall back into that sin. Why? Because He loves us. The time here for the Lord's Supper is something that is so important just in our remembrance of what He did on the cross for you and for me. Maybe the Lord's brought something to your heart, to your mind, that you need to deal with. For the next couple of minutes, as we get set up, let me ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. This is the time of self-examination. This is the time where we pray and ask the Lord to help us. Show me, Lord, what there is that I need to get right with you. We're going to take a few moments, and in just a moment I will call the deacons up to the front.